Good morning again. It's actually morning this time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this yet another installment of Stay Uncomfortable. This is Johan. It's your boy O. And boy oh boy. Boy oh boy. What? It's been a few been a couple of days, bro. It's been a few days. Yo, you know what? My migraine not as not as prevalent no more. Good. We love to hear that. I'm very happy. I was kind of worried. Let's get some claps in the chat for that. Yeah, yeah, you know, just just some a little clap emoji for my my man's health here because we are coming back full strength, man. How how do you feel, bro? How do you feel? You want to say it in Spanish? Yeah, como tú te sientes? I was about to say it in Spanish, but yeah, how do you feel, man? What's up? I feel grateful, man. I feel grateful. I'm loving this weather. Like I'm just looking outside and I'm just in the fall time is when I really see the artistry of God, you know, the leaves and everything. That's true. But I feel I feel good. I feel like it's going to be a like I just started my my weekend now, today, first day right. off. Loving what I do. Not driving trucks this. I mean not driving forklifts this. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a good week. I feel I feel good. What about you? You guys didn't know this, but you are listening to the voice of a certified forklift driver. Yeah, yeah, ain't know that, huh? Yeah. Uh I feel good, bro. Honestly, I I beg to differ on the that this is my favorite weather because the cold and I just don't get along. I'm gonna just say that. I'm I'm I hate the cold. The cold beat your ass last week. It did. It really it truly did. But but at the same time, fall is my favorite season. I love the leaves. I love bro, being a trucker, I'm telling you, it has its benefits because driving in northeastern Pennsylvania to New Jersey to Baltimore, all these other places. I see the leaves, and it's fun. It's a beautiful drive. I, I love the way it looks. I love the way it feels. It makes you feel different. I feel like there's a trucker out there with his own YouTube channel making hella money off just like... Oh, there's plenty. A GoPro just facing the road. You know what there is? His I, name... I, I actually follow him. His name is uh, Alex the Trucker. He gets a lot of hate just because he just does it. Bro, I'm going to tell you something right now. As much as I love being on the road, the most toxic community of people are truckers, especially the ones that have been doing it forever. The gatekeepers. The gatekeepers, bro. Like, if you don't know how to drive a manual transmission truck, you they call you a steering wheel holder. You're not a trucker. Wow. If you're not driving an old Peterbilt or a Kenworth, you're driving, like, a new Freightliner or a Volvo, oh, my God, get off the road. If you if, if your skin color That's funny. looks anything like mine... They're the reason why why our, our rates are so low. Who let them drive nice. every accident? I bet you he's an Indian, bro. I'm telling you, these things are... The, the trucker community is, is bad, bro. It's super toxic. It sounds hilarious a little bit, but... It is, it is. But at the same time, it's like, bro, why are you hating so much? That's my question. Like, why are you hating? Because here's the thing. We wake up every day. We go to get our checks. We go to get our money. Yeah. We don't care about the next person. We care about the fact that we're there for X amount of time and we're there to get our money because we need it. We're not there to impress you. We're not there to have you believe that I could do this. No. We're there to get the job done and get the money that they're going to give us in return for doing that job. Exactly. But, bro. Get the hook up out of there. These people make their entire lives about trucking, bro. Their entire lives about it. I mean, these are probably people that have been trucking since, like, 17 years old. Yeah, but, but let me tell you something, though. I will say this. I respect the hustle. And to those truckers that paved the way for, for all of us now, I really do respect them. And I they're cool. I've driven with some old school truckers. They learn a lot from them. Hell yeah. But then when it starts to get into the like, 
for example, it, it, any women that are truckers, they don't consider them to be truckers. <laughs> and it's I like, mean, bro, they're doing they're driving the same load that you are. What's the difference? If you're doing flatbed, you're the only real trucker. It's such a messy, messy community. And there's always gonna be feet like there's every in every community is always like like I guess you could say quote unquote the OGs that like oh we started this and then there's like the new people. Yeah. We got we come from church, so we like we see that all the time. Oh hell yeah, bro. We got like the OGs, like the you know, the skirts and the slow music, and then we got the new generation of Christians that's like, you know. You know, as musicians we can relate to that a little bit more. Hard. Like because I remember the one time this was in DR. I wasn't even part of this church, by the way. I was just there for rehearsal. And this one woman walks in, and she's like, oh, those drums are too loud. This is a holy place. You guys can't be doing that. And then another elder from the church, she she pulled her aside in front of all of us. And she pulled up in Psalms when it tells us like to worship God with like loud praises with to the beat of drums. And, right. and all. She's like, what do we do with this? Do we just rip it out the Bible then just because you don't like something? <laughs> And I feel like we we need to really realize something that just because you disagree doesn't mean that you're right. No. You know, disagreements are allowed. Disagreement that's that's one of the things I always say on my TikTok channel. If if you have a disagreement, please drop it down. Let's have a conversation about it. Because if we don't talk about things, we're never gonna get anywhere. Exactly. But if all I say is, Oh, you you don't belong here, you uh you, you can't come here with that opinion. No, bro. Talk to me whatever you want. Which is actually I believe has been uh, incremental, well, not incremental, but critical to the success of my, of my channel. Right. The fact that I've always had these hard conversations. Back when I was doing a lot of deep theological stuff, people would ask me, oh, like really tough questions that they would not be able to ask other Christians or other Christians weren't really willing to answer. Yeah, more open to answer. Exactly. Like, bro, I'm, I'm going to say this. I am very good friends with a Satanist. That's all right. I'm good friends with that guy because he told me you're the first Christian that not only accepts me with my questions, but you're willing to answer them in a respectful manner. Actually, there's two Satanists, two of them. One of them is British, and the other one is uh, that's cool, crazy looking. But that's cool. I I really wish that we would, you know, foster conversations more often. Yeah, I'm gonna need everybody in the chat to like press Johan about really just going back to putting the phone on him because I would love for us to like get a clip of what he just said now in order to post it but this man is being sensitive about it he doesn't want to be on camera is not that I'm I'm on camera right now what you talking about yeah but you know what I mean I would have loved to cut what you just said right now and post it I know that man is gonna have a field day with what you just said right now good no, uh, here's the thing. We're um, trying to invest in some better equipment, and yes, I am being a little bit too picky. I will give you that. I'll give you that. I'm, I'm being a little bit too much, but I just want the best. I want to do it right. I hear you, man. And I don't know. We're, we're getting there. In the f- Bro, the fact that we're doing this right now, even with no recording, I'm glad because the people that are listening to us are getting fed. So I believe you have a question for me. Yes, sir, which is, by the way, a great way to start this conversation go ahead i liked how we did it so my, my question that i believe it's going to lead us to that's this question is going to carry us through the whole episode all right what makes you so equipped to talk about what we talk about on this podcast oh dang all right so just for context we talk about a lot of things yeah but mainly we talk about being a man stepping up being a good husband 
in even though we don't have kids, being a good father to our kids, yeah. if and when they come around. I feel a lot of people look at us and they're like, "Oh, what makes them so thing to tell us what to oh, do?" Oh, for sure, I've so, gone that many times. So here we are. And and let me tell you something. Rightfully so. That's a not not a terrible question. Not a terrible you know stance. Or what makes them so qualified? Yeah. Because there's a lot of unqualified people talking about things that they shouldn't be talking about. That's a fair assessment. Okay. Facts. Um, I feel like what makes me qualified to talk about at least marriage in this sense is the fact that I've seen a lot of examples how they get it wrong. Mm-hmm. I've gotten it wrong many times. I am the husband who was at one point not the best, saw what I was doing wrong, decided to improve upon it, and because of that, I'm living the fruits of my labor in a happy and healthy marriage. And the fact that I recognize that there's a lot to improve upon makes me qualified. And not just that, bro. I'm a man, okay? I talk to men, specifically. That's my my target audience. Yes, we have a lot of women, which we love you. Thank you so much for being a part of the crowd. But my the, the hill that I will die on is that if men got their act together across the board, if men decided to be men, if men decided to act like men, to step up to the plate, to be good husbands, to be good fathers, to be good sons to their parents, if men stepped up across the board, 90% of the problems that we face in society would not be present. And, and I'm like, am I the only one that's seen this? I hope not. And if so, we need to talk about it. Paul Washer, I was listening to something that um, somebody shared the other day, and Paul Washer was saying, my wife told me one time that if there was a man-eating bear loose in the United States of America, it would die of starvation. (laughs) That's a good one. It's crazy, right? That's a good one. And I'm like, yo, that is so true. He said, I've been to the Middle East, to Asia, to Africa, and you see 14, 15, 16-year-old men like, these kids are men, and here we have 35-year-old boys. And that bothers me because it affects their wives directly. It affects their kids directly. It affects, and, and then guess what? When your wife is unsatisfied, you're going to be acting a fool. When your kids are not taught right, your kids are going to be acting a fool. That affects society, and that allows people to come in, tell their kids whatever they want to tell them. We're not a, we, they don't see us as a threat. Mm-hmm. And if it, it if you do not see the father of the home as a threat to you, you're going to be able to infiltrate that home like you don't like he wasn't even there. So I don't not only that, but I think I think the fact that our wives and kids and everybody around us is going to be dissatisfied with how we how we lead, exactly. I guess you could say. We ourselves are going to be dissatisfied ourselves ourselves. It's a direct reflection which bro. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy because that's kind of the question that I got for you t- later on. It's, it's, it goes along the same. Yeah, it's going to be a good episode, man. It's going to be a good one. Nice. Uh now what makes you qualified? So this is where I Okay, so the same to your same point, what makes me I feel uh equipped to or yeah, qualified to speak on everything that we speak on is just experience, man. Right. Like you said like I am married. I have not been the best husband. And this is the first time I'm going to say this out loud, but I was probably like a serial cheater at okay. one point. I was a serial cheater. And I, like you said, I was aware, I was well aware of who I was as a person. It obviously, you know, personal, personal things in my life happened where I had, I hit, I hit rock bottom. Right. I hit rock bottom basically. And that's kind of what pushed me. Cause once you're at rock bottom, you can't go anywhere but up. No. 
so that's kind of what pushed me. And I guess you could say, like, the astrology people say, it kind of opened up my third eye to, like, who I was. So that basically allowed me to... I just started doing the inner work, man. I just started to really realize what's more important. Yeah. And for and and for many reasons, like when I was younger, like I wasn't the most attractive kid. I say that to myself. Like maybe people will look at my old pictures and be like, "Oh, you were so cute." No, but no, like, no, no. You're right. I remember. <laughs> Don't. You were right. Proceed. But it's like, oh, you were a ch- you were a kid. Like it's whatever. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like I was such a late bloomer. Like I feel like at the age of like 13, 14, well, 12, 13, 14. Like, all the guys that were my age or all the boys that were my age already looked a certain way. And yeah. I was still, like, I still had the kid look. So then I spent a lot of my younger years just getting, trying to get attention from women. You know, just little crushes in school or whatever. Yeah. And I never got that. So once I reached a certain age, and I guess you could say the glow-up stage happened, like, that's when I was, like, I'm getting attention now. And I had already had my girlfriend at the time, which is who my wife was. And it was kind of like her attention is, just wasn't in it. Yeah. Let's make who your wife is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, and that attention just wasn't enough. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm just going to say this from an outside perspective. Yeah. Looking at you, because you've been my friend for like 12 years now, 11 years. Yeah. And I could say that the phases that you say you lived, I was like a spectator to, and I was able to see from the outside. Mm-hmm. And I can t- attest to the fact that you did do the work. Like, the person that you were when you consider that you were at rock bottom mm-hmm. is like night and day compared to the person that you are right now, which, in my opinion, gives you all the right and the authority to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of guys out there that are currently in rock bottom, sitting at the bottom, that they're not really... They don't have any help. They don't have any uh, things to to look to. They don't have any role models. I consider ourselves to be role models because I wish that we had what this is right now. Yeah, and I wish we were more self-aware. It just really took me to look at myself. And I always say, I always put the metaphor, like, you know, about, like, your younger self, your child self, like, driving the car while you're tied in the back seat. Yeah. I love that analogy just because it's so spot on because many of us really live our lives through our younger selves. That's true. Without even realizing it. And like I had to, I really had to sit down, little Oscar, and just be like, "You're done, bro." Yeah. Like you're done. Like you got the attention you wanted. You did everything you wanted to do, and you're done. And there's the image of him letting go of the steering wheel. Yeah. Kind of like, like you know, when a kid does something wrong, and at the moment he's very proud of it, but then when he realizes all the destruction that he's caused, he's kind of like, "Oh, but I didn't mean to do that." And then he kind of feels guilt. So it was, yeah. like, it was like kind of me taking child meets version's hands off the steering wheel and he's like smiling at me he's like but then i'm like look what you did yeah and then he's like but i didn't mean to do it he's like okay but you did it. take the back seat exactly you're done precisely there comes a time in our lives bro where we have to step into the mature role that god has prepared us for Mm -hmm. we we if allowed to us men specifically especially the ones who weren't actually able to enjoy our childhoods. Right. Let it be because we didn't have a father figure. Let it be because he had to take up the role of, of a man in the home at, from an early age. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's many reasons. But many times, if we're allowed to, we will let that child version of us take the reins yeah. up until somebody tells you, like, yo, you need, you're wilding out. You yeah. Know? And I feel like the Bible is so clear on this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, mm-hmm. and I thought as a child. But when I became a man... Like you just said, I put away childish things. things. And it's very hard for us to do that 
in the sense that because we're encouraged many times inadvertently to never put away those childish things. Yeah. And I just want to make it very clear. This does not mean that you're not going to have fun. No, absolutely. This, is, this doesn't mean that you're going to become this brooding, boring person. No. It means that you're going to step up. It means that you're going to be there when you're required. Right. It means that you're not going to be irresponsible with finances, with the people that you love, and even with yourself. Like, I'm going to be very candid right now, very frank. The fact that I am so overweight right now is because I was not able to put away childish things. Eating in a certain fashion and not exercising, that's those are things of a teenager, the fact of a that kid. When we, when we first started working, all of our money, where did it go to? Food. Oh my and god! Why, and why oh was that? Oh my god! Because, because we, we got, were children. Because we, this this is a new thing. Money. We got denied so much as kids going out to McDonald's. Oh, you got food at the house that we're like, oh, we got money now. Exactly. Now I can go out and buy whatever I want. And that's such a that that is such a bad thing because if you think about it, we should have been educated financially since we were kids, bro. If I ever have a kid, that's where that's one of the biggest things for me. I'm gonna give them an allowance, and out of that allowance, I'm gonna tax them. And when I tax them, this is what you have left. What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. There's a really good podcaster called PBD. He says whenever my kids want something, it costs them education. What does he mean by that? Oh, you want a PlayStation? That's going to cost you 10 books. Mm. You have to read 10 books. Oh, you want to go out for dinner? I did see that. With us, it's going to cost you five books. And it's like, bro, that is such a good model to give your kids because you're basically encouraging them to seek knowledge, and that knowledge is going to pay off. Yeah. And that is such a good model. And to put in the work. Exactly. Not just, oh, here's money. Because then you don't see the value. My nephew, for example, my nephew, you know, I love my nephew to death, but, like, my sister's always telling me how how now, like, he's grown and now he's getting into, like, like fashion. Not expensive fashion, but he's like, she's like, sometimes I go into my Amazon cart and I see all these things, like $100 shoes, you know, whatever. And my sister's very not in that lane. Like He's there, bro? Yeah. Oh, like, my God. He's there now. So she's like. <clears throat> kind of like the uncle. Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, but I make my own money. Uh, that's, so, that's true. So she's oh, like. Oh, shout out to Manny who just joined the live. What's up, bro? What's going on, Manny? So she's just like, I can't have, I can't have him be like you and, and your other uncle, too. I can't have that. And he says he doesn't know the value of money. He just thinks like, you know, he just thinks that I ask and I shall receive. Yeah. So that that just comes to 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 show like you know, we don't. And I I remember I said it one time like we don't really know how much hard work like people put in when it comes to money. So the fact that as kids we are taught that you know you, we work hard for this or adults work hard for this and parents work hard for what we yeah. have. Yeah. Like is to show, and that and and that's you know, and just going back to like just the. Cause again, our like our main premises usually is like within marriage. Cause I do want to share this for for like we do get a lot of men that often be like, "How do I know if I'm ready to, for marriage?" Yeah, I'm gonna put it out there. I was not ready for marriage, and I don't mean that just vocally. Like if you look at my at my wedding pictures, I didn't get married through a church or anything. If you look at my wedding pictures, I had like the most depressing face in the world. Yeah, like I was just I was like this, and I and I was like, if you look up a definition of FOMO, like a picture of me would come up because that was my biggest fear. Yeah. Just fear of missing out, and I was like, and I just didn't appreciate what I was stepping into because I really wasn't ready. Yeah. Do you think that your lack of appreciation kind of set the tone for the coming years for your marriage? Um, <clears throat> I don't think so. Just because I didn't know what I was getting into, so I can't really appreciate what like what I didn't have. Kind of, right. kind of a sense. So to me, I was just happy as a Christian boy that I was going to be living with. The girl that I have called my girlfriend for so long, and we can have sex without sin- without feeling bad. Mm-hmm. That was 
being brutally honest, and this is the case for a lot of people that just maybe that might not say it, but it was a lot of it was like, you know, one, I was tired of saying goodbye and going our separate ways. Yeah. And two, I wanted to have sex without feeling guilty. Right. Let's let's just put it out there. So like, but then at the when the day finally came, I was like I wasn't and she and you know, shout out to, to my wife and she told me she was like, if you don't want to do this, we don't have to do this. But then as a man, like as a coward that I was, as a boy that I was, as a coward, I was like, nah, nah, I don't want to hurt your feelings, so we're just going to go through with this. Can I just challenge you on that, though? Go ahead. Because I feel like you're coming at it from the perspective of you went into marriage as a cowardly, like, you you were, you were weren't man enough to tell your wife, let's wait. Yeah. That's what you're... But I had wait, like, we had waited so long, though. Exactly, but you're, you were, cow, you, I'm just trying to, like, reiterate what you're trying to communicate here. Yeah. You feel that you were not man enough to hurt your wife's feelings, mm-hmm. destroy her illusion of being a wife in that moment, mm-hmm. and basically say, maybe we should wait a little bit before we get into marriage. Yeah. And the reason I want to challenge you on that is because a coward, in my opinion, would say, eh, let's not, let's not go commit, fully committed right now. Let's wait a little bit longer. For me, that's a real cowardly thing to do because if you, if you ask me, Who's a real coward? It's the one who's afraid of commitment. Mm. It's not the one who's a, who's like uh, because I'm gonna tell you something right now. I wasn't ready to get married when I got married, and I feel like I like contrast night and day. We got married like less than a month in distance from each other. Yeah, I got married in on um, September 22nd. October. You got married. Got married October 15th. So, what I feel is, I try to surround myself with as many people as I possibly could with the best experience. Carmen's family it was instrumental to that. They were there. They had the good, the bad, and the ugly experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, my my role models in church, which unfortunately were not as many as they should have been. That's a really big thing for me. I re- really wish that men would be men in the church. Not as many as we thought. Exactly. Like we over the years, we've seen a lot of facades like like fakeness Mm -hmm. reveal itself people who i used to look up to aren't really the men that i thought they were yeah i mean and even those men you look at them now like their marriages aren't exactly but you know what far be it for me to judge another man for what he's going through in this home because i know that i've gone through a lot of bs in this home absolutely because of my own shortcomings but with that being said i try to equip myself the very best i learn from experiences i learn from other people's mistakes Mm mm-hmm and I said, okay, I am never going to be more prepared than I am right now in this right. moment. Was that true? No, because there was a lot of uh, healing that I could have done. Yeah, uh, there, there, a lot of baggage was probably brought into Exactly. It. There was a lot of bad habits that I could have let go of before I, I brought it into my marriage. But at the same time, I feel like a coward would be the one to use that as an excuse to flee from commitment because there's always something. There's always something a little bit more, hey, maybe I shouldn't get married mm-hmm. because I don't know. I have a porn addiction. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe I shouldn't get married because I, like you, have FOMO. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't get married because, I don't know, I'm not in, oh, here's a big one. I'm not in my financial goal where I want to be right now. Bro, you know what I used to say? My naive self. I said, before I get married, I need to have 30K in the bank account. Which, which we're not shunning those people that. By the way, know, that's not a bad goal to have. No, no, and I, it, something like that should be something that's spoken of. Like, I, if, like if you when you start to date somebody in the first dates, it's like, hey, I don't know how far this is gonna go, but if it does mean to go farther, I just want to know that this is 
how this is. I want to be this prepared before we exactly, take that step. Exactly. And then what? But in contrast to what I said, I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was actually a financial mess, mm. which is one of the biggest reasons why I felt like I wasn't ready to get married in the moment that I did. I had, I'm not going to say a spending addiction. I just didn't really have financial structure. Right. Before I got married, I had racked up like $1,400 in a credit card just buying food. Crazy. And my wife, she was the one that was actually able to get me to start saving. We paid off that cred- that credit card. Just on what, like, she's like, you see all the spending that you did? There is a, there's $1,500 in the bank account right now. We are about to pay off that card and we're going to stay with $100. Just so that you know that debt is not something that we can attach ourselves to. Bro, my wife helped me become the man that I am today. So I'm like, okay, should have I waited to get married to become a better man or Am I grateful that I got married and because of that I become a better man? Basically, am I asking, am am I better today for being married versus staying single and working on myself? I feel like we did the right decision. I think you. I think and you're a smart guy. I think you're you're an. Thank you. I think you're a smart guy and you and you always been very self aware. So I I think I think you would have got it eventually, but I do think the fact that you got married and you put somebody beside you that push you to be that made the process go faster i feel like what it really is uh, uh building upon the putting someone beside me willing and giving her the authority as my wife because mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing that putting men, your ego aside exactly that's what many men tend to miss many men you need to pu- like this is your wife you're giving this woman your last name mm. she's going to be the one that's going to bury your children and she's going to be the one that's going to be with you up until one of you parts from this planet she has rights over you. I said this last time, and many men don't like to hear that. Your wife does have rights over you, but we don't remember that. So I think my biggest thing was letting my ego down, which it wasn't, not, it wasn't easy at first. At first, it was always a back and forth. Why are you doing this? Why this? Always. But as soon as I let my ego down, and I gave Carmen the authority to actually have a say on me, on what I'm doing, mm-hmm. giving me an outward perspective on my shenanigans, she... I'm telling you, that's when I started to see the most growth in me. And I feel like if, if, if men were to actually give their wives the ability to have a say in their their character, it's like, hey, listen, not for nothing, but your BS affects me directly the most. Right. So I should have the most say in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you take a backseat in your leadership role. No, no. In fact, I feel like that elevates your leadership role. Of course. Because what type of leadership goes unchecked? The bad ones. Mm. Any leader, any leadership that goes unchecked eventually goes on. Yo, I was... All right. You're not going to like what I'm about to say. Okay. But I'm going to say it anyway. Say Last night, I was uh, watching a, a video of a friend of mine from TikTok. We don't know each other personally, but... Okay. And he was talking about how pastoral leadership, when it goes unchecked, it's a problem. Okay. And I just realized something. Yo, when leadership goes unchecked, pastorally speaking, it can manifest itself in so many extremes. You know who Greg Greg Locke is? No. He is this very right-wing, white, evangelical, pro- all this BS Christian pastor, right? Okay. He has 
prohibited Starbucks in his church. He, I'm not, I'm not even going to go anywhere with that, okay? His leadership has gone unchecked for a long time, and his congregation is just eating all the BS. Sometimes he says some good things. Yeah. But for the most part, the overarching things, that, at least that they post on social media, is a lot of, it's, it's very problematic. Yeah, very controversial. So that's one extreme where everything is bad. Mm-hmm. You can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Everything is unchecked, and I'm the one that you have to give. I'm waiting for the part that I don't like. Michael Todd. Okay. That's the other extreme. Okay. You, when you have that type of leadership going checked, you just say whatever from an altar, and then two weeks later you have to be posting the apology videos. Like, I didn't mean to spit on that man's face. That was out of pocket. Which was his brother. Huh? Which was his brother. Bro, it could have been his dad. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that when you have leadership that goes unchecked, Michael Todd says a lot of good stuff, a lot of it. But at the same time, every now and then, there's something that goes like, bro, what do you mean that Jesus was the tithe of God? That's not biblical. And then, you know, because you have to look at it in context. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. You have to be responsible as a pastor of not only a church, but of millions of eyeballs that are upon you every time you post a click, a clip, you have to be very responsible with what comes out of your mouth. Bro, I have unfollowed so many pastors that at one point I thought were the best. At mm. one point I thought that they were always spitting facts, facts, facts. Mm. But then their nonsense became a little bit too reoccurring. And I'm like, where is where are the elders? Where are the people that are there to... Tell this man that he's wrong. Yeah, because the Bible does say, um, surround yourself with good counsel. Exactly. Bro, that's one of my favorite Proverbs. One of my favorite ones. The book of Proverbs, honestly, is is goaded. I was studying the other day. I think it was Proverbs 17, and it took me three days. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just throws you for a loop. Yeah. And the thing about Proverbs, too, is like, it says one thing in one verse, and the next verse is something, completely, something completely different. Completely unrelated. But, um, but in the same way, bro, the same way in, in, in marriage, if you go unchecked, you're going to manifest yourself in one of two extremes. Either you're going to be an authoritative bully right. in your house where everything you says you goes. say goes just because you said it, and that's not biblical. That's not what real leadership is. When you want your spouse to do what you say, whenever you say, that's not a relationship. That's called ownership. Exactly. And that's very toxic. That can cause a, a plethora of problems. And then the other extreme is you're just not a man anymore. You're, you're a guy who's, whose wife has your balls in her purse, who <clears throat> everything that she says goes just because she talks to you wild in front of people. She disrespects you, which, by the way, women, if you disrespect your man publicly, you're simultaneously disrespecting yourself. I don't know if you considered that. Don't talk to your man in any type of way because people aren't seeing you as the girl boss that you think you are. Mm. They're seeing you as this unsubmissive, uh, how do I say this? They're seeing you as a woman who does not know how to choose a man. Because according to them, you do not, your, your man is worth nothing if you can talk to him like this. And at the end of the day, like I said before, women who talk like that to their men are, it's just, it's just their child version driving because yeah. you've seen your mama be be you seen your mama talk bad about pain. <clears throat> That's bad. You seen your mama talk bad about your father. Yeah. Or the men in the house because your mama also 
lived her adult life through her childhood years. Mm-hmm. And it's just a constant cycle. Generational curses aren't just this super spiritual thing that you just see, that you don't see. Nah. It's literally in the physical. You literally see that. Yeah. It's, it's also something that we have to be very intentional about f- correcting. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's like a sinful nature. If gone unchecked, it's going to manifest itself in, a, in, in a, a very unpleasant way. And you're just going to chalk it up to, oh, that's just who I am. You married me. This is who I am. No, it's not who you are. It's who you've allowed yourself to become. So that kind of... Now, I don't, like, I don't want to change the topic or anything. I mean, no. if it changes, it is what it is. But there's this thing going around, like this, this sense of fake freedom that's going around now where everybody... And I always speak about it. Where everybody feels like they're free. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think people that are out there because you take pictures with nature, because you post yourself reading books and all this stuff, I don't think that makes you free because freedom there's maturity in freedom. So I don't believe somebody who says I'm free and I'm healed from a situation is truly free and then you see the person that hurt you the most in public and then you get into this then you start then you start to get bitter. I think a lot of people are just more bitter than they are free. Oh yeah, bro. They, the, you know what the problem there is? You substitute healing with everything else. Mm. You would rather do the most, yo. <laughs> you'd rather do the most to show other people that you're healed and the one person that you forgot to convince that you're healed is yourself. Yeah. You didn't take yourself into account. You didn't say, hey, listen, we need a we, we need a we need a heal. Because you didn't take whatever traumatized you head on and exactly. you just hit it under the rug. Exactly. And then the thing is like for example, the, the whole posting on nature thing. What are you doing? You're going out of your way to tell other people how good you how, are. Yeah, how good you're doing. But you never stop to consider, yo, maybe I'm not the best right now. Mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed, bro, something. It's, it's very ironic. The most free people, the freest thinkers, the most the people with that personality that just exude freedom, mm-hmm. those are the people who are the least on social media. Like, if you don't talk to them in person, you're probably going to talk to them online. But when you do have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. it's meaningful. You take something away with it. You be, you are a better person mm-hmm. because of it. And I'm telling you, that's the type of person that I aspire to be. Yeah. Honestly, because I, I keep saying it. Social media has been one of the worst things that have happened, not just to me, but to many men and many marriages. Because it puts up this fake image of what things are supposed to be like. It distorts things. It shows that every time is it, what people almost never post their bad times. Mm-mm. People never post bad stories about marriage, and I've made it very clear on my TikTok. Like you're not gonna find a fake marriage here. You can find that anywhere else. I post the real stuff. Like the other day, I, remember when the freezer gave up? Yeah, up, upstairs, bro. That was the most unfortunate week I've ever had in my whole life. It was my wife's birthday. Number one, the freezer gave out. And the food was disgusting. The smell stayed here for days. I remember. A tree fell in my backyard the same day. And well, I'm like, it was a week. It was a week. And that created a lot of tension in this home. And I acted out of character. I spoke to my wife with a lack of emotional maturity mm-hmm. and emotional intelligence. Uh, I recognized the fact that the tension made me frustrated. But instead of me addressing that frustration... Carmen was at the receiving end of that frustration. Right. And vice versa. Vice versa, yeah, because, you know, it's it's two-way. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, this is the ugly side of marriage that people don't talk about. It's going to get tense. Mm-hmm. You're going to act with a, with a lack of emotional intelligence. You're going to talk out of character, out of pocket. 
why don't we talk about this more? Maybe you ever heard more men talking about, about this. I would do this less. That's true. So we have to be very intentional about the things that we say, about the things that we feed ourselves. Because mm-hmm. what I feed myself, that's what I'm going to talk about. And taking and taking that trauma that hurt you, just like you got to confront it at one point. Yeah. You got to confront it at one point because you, you you're gonna end up taking that into your next relationship, hmm. and then you don't. The last thing you want to do is go into a relationship, any type of relationship, even if it's a friend one, bitter. Yeah, that's the last thing you want to do because it, it will get it will get trans it will get transferred. I don't want to say transmitted because it sounds like STD. Yeah, but it will it will get transferred. Maybe it is a spiritually transmitted disease, bro. Ooh, that's oh. <laughs> Look at me being catchy and smart and stuff. I like that though. But it's just it's just a matter of doing the work and and and, and not rushing it because a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people just want to be microwavable meals instead of home cooked. Come on, I, <laughs> come on. A lot of people like like if you know like. Put go ahead, buy, buy food and put it in the microwave, and then buy the same food and put it in the oven and tell me if it tastes any different. The oven might take longer, but the oven doesn't burn out the nutrition that you know the microwave does. Bro, that just brings me to the craziest quote. It's not even that crazy, honestly. It just it stumped me. Go ahead. I heard it yesterday. This man who damn whatever. This man said. It is one thing to put in all the time you can. And it's another thing to make that time work. You, can, you, you sent that to me. Yeah, I did. It was yesterday. I said, remind me. I need to talk about this. Yeah. Look at, look at God. Look at God, bro. I was, I'm like, what? That is so true. You can put in hours, years. You know how many people put in years, decades into their marriage? But what did they really do? Did they make the time work? It's one thing for me to get home and sit on that couch to watch TV with my wife every day. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. That's technically time. Oh, her love language is quality time. Here I am. Technically, it's not, though, but I, I see what you're but saying. But it, but it's technically time spent. Yeah, you're in each other's presence. And then it's another thing to make that time work. Talk about your day. Talk about your frustrations. Talk about the things that make each other unhappy. Mm-hmm. Why isn't that a conversation? When was the last time you asked your wife, gentlemen listening, when was the last time you asked her, hey, babe, is there anything about me that you wish I would change? Or what did I do this week that got you a little triggered, a little upset? Exactly. When's the last time you were able to, to address anything in her? Because that's another thing. Sometimes men feel like they're at the short end of the stick. It's like, okay, everything I do is thrown at me. But then when I say one thing about you, it manifests itself into a, oh, why are you turning this about me now? Like, no, 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 no. We're addressing each other now because I also deserve the right. I have the right to be happy. Nobody does that because everybody want, everybody wants to keep that peace in the house bro i'm telling you so they just so it's like the cartoons or like the shows when people when like when instead of cleaning their houses they would just stuff everything into a closet till it burst yeah listen to keep the peace listen i always think about this when i think about like addressing really serious issues when you let's say that there's a rock right that's been sitting in a spot for a couple months. Okay. Maybe in a few years. Okay. If you lift that rock and uncover it, let's say that it was outside on the grass, where are you going to find underneath it? Probably like bugs and stuff. Hella bugs. Yeah. Right? You have to remove it. If you don't want those bugs there, you have to take the rock off and expose it. It's going to be ugly at first. Yeah. You don't want to look at it at first. Yeah. It may even crawl upon you at first. But once you like let that rock air out, 
a few days later, there's not going to be any bugs there. Son, if you want peace, you got to go to war. That is the most counterintuitive thing I've ever heard, but it's true. It's true. It's contradicting, but it's true. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like uh, specifically us as men, because again, this is who I want to address. I feel like us as men, we have to be very, very intentional about our actions. Like the the main question is, how do I know that I'm ready for marriage, right? You probably never will be unless you take a step towards commitment, right? We talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff here, but I do want to address this because again, it's, it's going to be helpful for a lot of people. There are many factors that do disqualify you from getting married, at least in that moment. For example, have you been being faithful to that woman up until you guys were going to be married? There's a very Western culture thing that you are single until you're married. Like, doesn't matter what you do. What you doesn't matter what you do. You're single until you're married. Do whatever you want to do. You are not a committed man until she has a ring on her finger and you have a ring on yours. You, be, you believe that? Hell no. Absolutely not. That is such a, a, an American... I don't even know that's American, bro. That's just the craziest thing to me. Like, bro, so you're telling me that the woman that I proposed to, that I said I want to stay with for the rest of my life, I have up until we're married to do whatever I'm going to do. I said this before and I'll say it again. The altar is the worst place for you to decide to start (laughs) to be a good husband. That is not when you choose to be a husband. That's funny. You choose to be a husband when you know who you're going to marry and you say, I'm going to, I'm going to save up by that rock and propose to that person. Mm. And first, and and by the way, if you're a man of God, I'm just going to say this. If you're somebody who is, trying to be a good husband, you should be saving yourself even before you meet the person. Have all of us been faithful and good at that? Hell no. In fact, most of us haven't. Mm -hmm. But it's a good standard that the Bible sets for us to follow because God knows that if you start your commitment to a person even before you meet them, then you're going to be committed to them no matter what happens. Yeah. So, again, we we have this, this idea that, oh, we're single and whatever. Charlie Kirk, he's a a right-wing speaker that many people don't like. So he, he do be speaking facts, though. He said, men get married, and it's they wear the same suit as they were to their funeral. The black ones. Yeah. Like, yeah. the same suit a man the wears to get married yeah. is the same suit that they bury him in. Right. To, they go to a funeral. Why? Because it is the death of a lot of things. Mm. It's a death of, of speaking to other women. Mm. It's a death of going out all the time. It's a death of being a video game addict. It's a death of being an uncommitted person. It's a de- and it's like, that's so true. But I do not believe that that should start when you get married. Because guess what? Marriage is not this magic wand that's going to take away all your problems. Definitely a lo- not. A lot of men that are addicted to porn, I'm going to be very frank about this. A lot of men that are addicted to porn... Just because you get married, oh, I'm going to be having sex all the time. That's That doesn't heal anything. In fact, you think that the sex you're going to have with your wife is going to make the porn situation easier. But in fact, what's really going to happen is the porn situation is going to make the sex with your wife terrible. And I can attest to that. 
I'm not going to speak on it now because it's not the episode, but one day I will. Exactly. August. Start writing, bro. Get that point, that pen out. The, the, uh, somebody here is like, yo, why am I not writing right now? Get that pen out and start writing this, bro. Um, I, I said it before. We said it once. Th- this this is a real hood over here. Yeah. Mar- marriage Street, Marriage Boulevard is crazy. It is. This ain't for, I mean, it's for everybody, but you got to be well equipped to be over here. I don't believe it's for everyone, though. I think it's for everybody just because, you know, God. Well, well, here's the thing. Maybe what I mean by that is I don't believe it's for everyone who wants to get married. Like, you want to get married? Sure, but you do have work to do. I'm, I, I have a balance here. Mm-hmm. I do believe that doubts are not a good enough reason for you to say, oh, I don't know about you get married right now. Right. Doubts are going to be present at all times. Mm-hmm. Even when you're married, there are going to be times that we, when you think to yourself, I didn't have to deal with this when I was single, though. It happens. It happens, but that starts fading away more and more as you go into marriage, where now, I'm like, I cannot imagine my life without her. Yeah, that, that, you know what, what that brings into my mind? Because we always put everything in the human aspect, and then, like, also I like to just put things... I like to, I like to always compare just the relationship that we have with God, and that reminds yeah. me of, you know, when we first get converted, when we first convert to Christianity, when we first you know, accept our, like, give our lives to, to Jesus, we always, many times we do think, oh, yes, like, you know, I'm saved. Yeah. But then it's also like, dang, but now I got to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. But now I got to stop doing this. Crap. Now I got to, I'm one of the first things I said when I converted was like, dang, because in the Bible it says, you know, don't get unequally yoked. And I was like, damn, so you're telling me I can't date a girl who isn't Christian? Yep. I was stressed. I was mad. I told my mom, I was like, why can't that just be removed from there? <laughs> Being, be like, keeping it 100. Like, I was like, why can't, like, you know, just... Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be honest myself. There's a lot of times where um, I did compare the two, like salvation and marriage. Mm-hmm. And I realized something. If I look at, the, at salvation as a book of things that I shouldn't do, as a rule book, I'm looking at it from the wrong perspective. Mm-hmm. If I see marriage as what I don't get to do anymore... I'm looking at it from the wrong perspective. Because realistically speaking, there's not a whole lot that I can't do anymore than I wasn't able to do before I was married. That's because maybe I wasn't walling out. You know, I wasn't that that type of guy in the first place. But there isn't a whole lot that I can't do. In fact, my marriage elevates the things that I can do now. It's like, I don't feel I'm not alone anymore. Which, by the way, being alone is not a bad thing at all. No. I, I, I do regret the fact that it has been pushed that being lonely, being single is seen as bad. Please don't believe that. It's a beautiful stage in your life, which I wish I would have taken advantage of a lot more. Yeah. Doesn't but, mean that you regret getting married, but exactly, I know what you mean. Exactly. But like now my my quality time is elevated. Now I have a person by my side who can and has the right to put me in check when need be. I have somebody who is protecting me. Wives, protect your husbands. Yes, that you, you got to protect your man. And I have a woman that's there for me no matter what. And and I'm like, okay, there's nothing that I would give up for me not to have this. There's nothing to give up because even, even with salvation, it's all about the long term. Precisely. The, the, the saying, there's, I saw this saying on Instagram that said that for Christians, life on earth is going to be the closest thing to hell. But then the goal... Exactly. You know what? I'm going to say this. If you're trying to get instant gratification, 
out of your marriage. Because again, the goal, the long term, and everything. If you're trying to get instant gratification out of marriage, do not get married. There are certain things that I do believe disqualify. For example, that instant gratification, you want immediate, you you want a transactional. No, don't get married. Because the thing is that you don't realize that inv- that marriage is not a transaction; it's an investment. Mm-hmm. You will invest something today and get way more out of it tomorrow than you invested today. A transaction, you give and you get. You give and you get. Sometimes that happens in marriage, not all the time. Mm-hmm. You want to be, you want something of, of value? Invest. Invest in it now and you will see in no time. You are going to get way more out of it than you could have ever put in yourself. But we don't teach that. We teach the the sprinkle sprinkle philosophy that you know whatever a man has in his pocket that's his worth, whatever a woman has between her legs that's her worth. As long as that's not available to you, you have the right to move on. Which is why so many marriages are ending. By the way, I've seen videos of women in their thirties saying why it's such a good thing to get divorced at thirty. What? No, no. Listen, divorce will have your life in shambles. Yeah, terribly for in a every while. Way. For a while, at in, least. In every way. I don't know why we're glamorizing the end of something that's supposed to be permanent. And beautiful. Exactly. And the beauty in, the, in, in marriage, it comes with all the scars. It comes with all the, damn, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Damn, if I would have known, I would have avoided that. But also, wow, I'm so happy that she's here. Wow, I'm so happy that she's here. Bro, last night, my wife, bro, last night I got home super late. I walked into those doors. She had her arms open, gave me a hug, and she just started to take my jacket off. She took my shoes off, took my hat off. Your pants off. Hey. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. She took my, my, my hat off, and then she just gave me a hug. And I'm like, wow, I feel loved right now. <laughs> that, that's That's just... It's just the simple things that just make you like realize coming to into Manny said Oscar. <laughs> hey, we're adults here. Hey, we're adults and we're married. You know. You know. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I'm like I feel so taken care of right now. If you are willing, I'm, I'm gonna give you the secret right now. If you're willing to take care of someone else for the rest of your life, and you're willing to be taken care of for the rest of your life, you're ready for marriage. Boom. In fact, I would say that the opposite would also disqualify you from marriage. Let's talk about that for a second. Servitude culture is not something that's very popular right now. In the sense that... It's all about me. Hmm? It's all about me serving myself. Exactly. I, wanna, I want this. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, but that's a whole transactional thing. Yeah. You know, but the happiest marriages are the ones that intentionally go out of their way to serve that other person. If you wake up thinking, damn, how am I going to make her life good today? How am I going to make his life good today? That's a marriage that will outlast almost every marriage that you've seen. Because the marriages that I've seen crumble have all all been because of one factor. They never take the other person into account. That's the only only reason marriages fail, by the way. Oh, you cheated? You didn't take that person into account. Oh, you didn't step up as a man or as a woman to do your 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 duties as a wife or a husband you didn't take your husband or spouse or wife into account you thought about yourself in the moment 
And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Thinking about yourself isn't always a bad thing. No, it happens. Sometimes you, you, there's this thing called self-care, which is valid. However, when self-care becomes selfish care, then you're automatically just stepping on everyone's toes. You're Now everybody's walking on eggshells. Now everybody's fighting for themselves because, oh, you want a wife that takes care of you? Brother, are you taking care of her? You want a woman that can cook that cooks for you and and greets you at the door like my wife greeted you last greeted me last night. Okay, what are you doing to make her like Oscar says be in her feminine energy? Are you giving her the space to be a woman, mm-hmm. or does she have to pick up the role of a man of the house too? What are we doing here? Yes, marriage is an investment, but there are things that you have to do. I do believe in roles. Yeah, I do too. believe that man has a thing to do, and I do believe that women have things to do in marriage. And when either of them stop assuming their roles as a husband or, or, or wife, the, the other person is going to be directly affected. Let's put it this way. Let's say that right now I decided, you know what? I don't got to work. I don't want to <clears> do that. And I just quit because I want to work on me. This is my era to shine. I am in my bag. I'm Your wife got every... Every right to put you in check. Yep. You, you you know why? You know why? Because not only is that not what we agreed upon, it's not what God designed me for. You take one of the P's out. You no longer providing. No. If I no longer provide, then and, I have violated the terms of the contract. And you're no longer protecting. Exactly. But on the other hand, let's just say that my wife said, you know what? I'm just gonna be I'm gonna stay at home all day. I'm not going to cook. I'm not going to clean. I'm not going to do anything. For those of you listening, don't take this out of context. I did not marry a maid. My wife is not a maid. Exactly. But at the same time, she is the core structure of how things work in this home. I mean, let's keep it Let's keep it 100. You work, what, 14 hours a day? Something like that, yeah. And your wife doesn't work because you've allowed her to, her to not work? Exactly. It's also... It would be negligence for her to really just be like, oh, I'm taking care of I can just kick my feet up. And- exactly. And don't get me wrong. There are some days when I tell her, baby, you look stressed out. It happens. Take a day. Of course. Take two. It doesn't matter. Of course. Don't worry. I've told her, don't worry about this. I will take care of it when I get back from work. You know what she tells me? Are you out of your mind? You think I'm going to let you be out of the house for 14, 15 hours and then let you come back home to this? She understands that it's not that she has to do something. All it translates to is, I'm, I want to take care of you. Just like there's some days where she says, baby, do you really have to go to work today? I just want you to stay home. Just I'm like, are you out of your mind? We, yeah. we, we got bills. You got to eat. If, if I fail at the most basic thing, which is to provide as a husband, then what am I doing, bro? The Bible says in the book of Timothy... I want men to listen to this. Even though you are not a Christian, maybe you're not a Christian, I don't care. The Bible has excellent guidelines for men. Listen to what the Bible says about men. The man who does not provide for his home is the worst, even worse than an unbeliever. That's the worst type of man there is. When you don't provide for your family, I I do not want to be in the category of the worst of the worst. I'm sorry. That's just not me. Worse than a non-believer. It's, it actually says worse than a heathen. But <laughs> Dang. Yeah, bro. It's it's such a it's such a a, a straightforward 
punch yeah. to those men who believe that everything goes, I can do whatever I want. And honestly, it's not even just talking about money. It's talking about your time. It's talking about the the effort that you put into your children. You two made those children together. Why does she always have to pick up the load? Someone the other day said money and time are both spent, but you only get one back. Oh. So. And honestly, bro, I feel like as as long as we... Shout out to Jomi. She just joined the live. As long as we um keep neglecting our roles in our home, the opposite partner is going to have to pick up that role. Mm-hmm. And when the opposite partner picks up that role, disorder and chaos comes into the house. If you're single right now and you want to know if you're qualified for marriage, if you are not willing to assume the role that you have to go into, which means, hello, let me talk to the men right now. If you believe that you can work 14 hours a day, and that's it. You get home, you crack a can of beer open. Turn on the game. Put your feet up, turn on the game, turn on the TV, watch TV for five hours. Oh, this is me taking care of myself. Brother, brother, no. Your wife needs you. Your wife did not marry a bank account. She's not. You're not there just to bring money home because guess what? She could do that herself. She really can. We're in 2023. She probably was doing that by herself. Your wife does not need you for your money, for your pockets. She needs a husband. When you when, when you get home and you see the kids just looking crazy. Haven't showered, nothing. And you see your wife slaving over the dishes, over the kitchen, and you think she'll get to that. Those are your kids, Chief. Those are your children, bro. <laughs> They have your DNA. They have your last name. Yeah. One of them looks like you. It, it was your job first, bro. Literally. You cannot... Listen, it's one thing to rely on your spouse to help you out. We both rely on each other. And it's a beautiful relationship. It's a beautiful codependency. People have a problem with the word codependency. I don't because when it's mutual and it's beneficial for both of us and nobody is getting the short end of the stick, it's a beautiful thing. But then, when you're the type of husband that gets home, and all you think is, what am I going to do for me? I need to relax. Oh, I need this. Bro, you need to relax, but so does she. And the sooner you help her, the sooner you both can relax. Which is what my wife and I have adopted as a model. Bro, I've gotten home every night, every night, as soon as we eat. She starts washing the dishes, and I start drying them. Drying? Yeah. Okay. Like, we're right there mm-hmm. together. And we sometimes we have great conversations. We talk about it. We talk about anything, but she's not there doing it alone. She calls me sometimes like, babe, I'm so bored without you. And I'm like, babe, it's lonely out here too. But then we get together and we do not waste time. We go right to having to spend time. Do we always do that? No. Sometimes I'm going to admit, sometimes I grab my phone and Carmen is like, yo, you were just on the road for 14 hours. Put the phone away. And I'm like, you right. How can I argue with that? She's she's right. Yeah. We have like two, three hours left with each other. But then, but then, let's address the women too. Ladies, if if your husband gets home every day after working 10, 12 hours, and every day 
he has to cook his own meal. And every day he has to take care of the kids because you were just in your bag on Amazon, on Pinterest. Like filling that cart up. Exactly. Spending that man's money. If, if, if all you did was that, obviously I'm addressing a specific type of relationship because not every relationship has the, no. you know. Either extremes. Exactly. Not every woman is a stay-at-home wife or stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. You know, even though in my opinion, that's the best way to do it. The way that I feel. And I'll, we could talk about that another day. But Yeah, because you know I don't agree. Yeah. You want to talk about it now, bro? <laughs> you, I kind of felt some. <laughs> you want to talk about it now? No, we're not going to talk all about right, it. All right, all right. I just don't agree. Like, that's all. Joma, you heard that, right? Okay. Unless, like, I'm making an excessive amount than whatever, but. Nah, bro. It's not even about making the excessive amount. It's about oh, making, so we are. So it's we about are. making what you need to make so the house can run. Bro, listen. The best marriages I've seen with kids. Let me just put that out, okay? Because if you don't have any kids, it's a free-for-all. You can either decide to work or not. But the best marriages I've seen is when the husband gives the wife the option to stay home. He says, take care of the house and take care of me. I'll take care of the house and I'll take care of you. Financially, and you take care of it in every other way, right? The cohesiveness, the peace that ensues at home is crazy. And then I'm like, how can you afford that? That's the first thing I ask. How? You got three kids. How can you afford for just one of y'all to be working, bro? God makes it happen. We can leave it. We can leave it at that. Yeah, we can. We can leave it at that because you know a lot of people don't agree with me, but that's you know it's it's whatever. For the longest time, that's how it was, and the benefits are that the woman can raise her kids. They don't have to pay for a babysitter. Let somebody else come with their weird ideas (laughs) with their with their kids. That doesn't happen when it's that model. But again, I digress. What I'm trying to say is. Ladies, if you don't think that a man should put his feet up when he gets home and just play a video game, then why do you think, oh, that's not my job? I'm not no maid. Nobody said that. But you have a home to take care of, though. If if everything a man does is work, get home, and take care of the house, because I've also seen that happen. I've seen women that don't do nothing, bro. I've seen it too. Sad. Forgive me for asking this, but what does he need you for? What are you there for? Did he just marry somebody that he could just spread her legs and do whatever he wants? That's yeah, that's what it. I was going to say. I'm like, cool for the sex? No. He, he could also take care of that himself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Th- there's a lot of things that we don't realize. This is not a transactional partnership. Yeah. This is... How can I go out of my way to make you feel the best? That is right there. That is the baseline for marriages. If you're willing to do that, then damn it, you're good for it. You're you're ready for for marriage. Yeah. And don't worry about any of this, these other people, these bitter, multiple divorcee, uh, terrible baby mama, baby daddies. Don't worry about their opinion. Okay? Because at the end of the day, Somebody told me one time, bro, did you know that 50% of marriages end in divorce? I don't give a damn. That's, that, that's great, but that doesn't have anything to do with me. Because a statistic is irrelevant for me because I know that I'm willing to put in the work mm-hmm. so that this marriage is lasting. Mm-hmm. Were those people willing to put in the work? These people would be ready for a divorce before they signed the marriage papers. That prenup. Oh, well, 
If marriages end in divorce, this is a real comment, by the way. If marriages end in divorce 50% of the time, <laughs> shouldn't I um, be prepared for it? Shouldn't I have that in the back of my mind? No, no, absolutely not. You should not be preparing for the worst. Because at the end of the day, if you get married, that is supposed to be a lasting thing. And if it doesn't work out, you probably have yourself to blame. That is my assessment of the situation. Oh, well, he cheated on me. What does that have to do with me? Did you create the perfect conditions for that man to cheat? Did that man have to ask for head every time he wanted something? Oh, yeah, I said that. Manny, come get your man. No. No. <laughs> Manny loves the, the impersonation voice. No. No, let's be very frank about this. Does your man have to deal with your eye rolls every time he asks for head? Why is your man asking for head in the first place? <laughs> Oh, no, no, don't blush. I'm come, not blushing. Come I was on. Just, it's real extreme. Like, I was just going to say something like, why are you rolling your eyes every time he just asks you for something as simple as, like, I don't, like... No, 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 no. Let's be very honest here. Let's, let's go to where the marriages actually go. Let's go there. These extremes manifest themselves because women are... Not, or men and women, both of them, are not willing to take care of the other person. No matter what that looks like. Exactly. It could be sexual uh, favors. I don't want to say favors. That's, yeah, don't that's say a favors. terrible. It could be sexual. sexually related. Yeah. It could be emotionally related. Men, are you falling asleep every time your wife is talking something serious about to you? I've done that before. Ladies, hold on. Why do you want to talk about serious things at 2 o'clock in the morning when we got to work the next day? Pick a better time. That's all I'm going to say. Because that's the only time men are in defensive mode. Wow. Wow. So, you know, sometimes bedtime conversations are the best ones. Pillow talks. Yeah. I had to tell it to a friend of mine because he's like, he told me one time, he's like, oh, when we're in bed, that's when she wants to ask me, oh, do you really love me? And it's like, well, that's because only, that's the only time that you're not in defensive mode and not angry. Exactly. When you laid up. It's like, hey, can I talk to you now? Yeah. Now that you're not fighting? Now that you're not ready to start An argument? World War Three. Yeah. And again, you have to set yourself up for success. We keep pre-ordering our failure. We keep telling ourselves that it's going to be a very, uh, it's going to be an easy thing. No, there's going to be some difficult things here. But at the end of the day, you have to set yourself up in a way that you're not going to risk the integrity of your marriage. What do you, what do you want to give up for your marriage to work? For example, we've got a question right here by, by Esper and Cindy. Haven't seen you in a while. Thank you so much for joining the live. Is it okay to talk to exes while you're married? What do you think? Um, <clears throat> no. It's an absolutely resounding no. Unless, the only exception is unless you have a child with this person and your current spouse is okay with that relationship because of the child. Exactly. And in that light, I do want to address something. You have to know who you're marrying. You got kids, you got another child. Then I have to understand that you have a certain tied relation with certain relationship with that child's mother yeah or with that child's father right because you don't want that that child to grow up seeing you know animosity between their parents mm -hmm. even though they're not together but unless there are children you are not to engage with an ex because what you're going to do is you're going to open up pandora's box you're going to open doors for what was there in the past because you two did have relations mm-hmm 
That's not a light thing. You created a soul tie with that person. Yeah. So that's something that needs to be severed. You are going to create insecurities in your current spouse. And if if it wasn't such a bad thing, let me ask you something. Why are you doing it privately? Why did she find out? Why didn't you tell her? Hey, listen, so-and-so sent me a message. Why, it could have been that easy. Trust could have been ensued. It could have been a very great conversation. You had to be sneaky about it. He just had to hide it. You couldn't be honest. No, the fact that you were sneaky about it means that you knew that it was not the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, talking to your ex is just one of many ways that you're jeopardizing the integrity of your marriage. And guys, listen to me. A peaceful home is not something that people come by all the time. It's That's a, priceless. It's a difficult thing to come by because it takes work mm-hmm. to come by. Peace is not just this thing that is automatically there. Peace is something that you have to work for. If you did the work before you got married and you married into a peaceful home, keep it that way. Yeah. but Don't, it, don't come in, you know, making a mess out of it. Exactly. With your baggage and all your... Because that's what you're going to do. But then I have to ask the question, bro, why do you want to talk to that ex in the first place? They're nice for a reason. Bro, I, I, it keeps, I keep coming back to that one example of that one woman who messaged me and she said, yo, my husband told me that he misses sleepovers with his best friend who <laughs> happens to be a woman. I remember that episode. I'm like, this man just told you that he's in love with another woman to your face. Yeah. We are simple creatures like that. We are not going to sugarcoat things because we we can't hide it. That's just who we are as men. And I truly wish that men and women would both open their eyes a little bit more. I'm a little bit on the fence that all the problems that you suffer through in marriage, that you allow another person to put you through, is your own fault. Because there are certain things that my wife would not tolerate. All within her right. Yeah. You're talking to who? She, she You must not like your life right now. Yeah, it sounds like something she said. That's, that's straight up. You're talking to who? Which, by the way, this might be telling, but I don't really have an ex that my wife can pinpoint because I don't. I married my first girlfriend, my first serious girlfriend, and I'm damn proud about that. What? Okay, relax. No, no, I'm proud of that. You know why? You know why? Because it is a, it is something that people don't really push for. Do you know how much more peaceful your life would be if you dated to marry from the get-go? That you don't have to worry about exes, insecurities. Oh, what does she give me that this one doesn't give me? Nah, I don't got to worry about none of that. And my wife doesn't have to worry about me compared to other women. So it's a win-win here. But now you're talking to exes now? What are we doing? Why did you marry a woman? Why did you give somebody your last name when you were still interested in someone else? We don't consider the weight that marriage carries. And we don't consider the weight time that it takes from the ex to the next, which is the time that you're supposed to, you know, make peace with that part of your life and let go. Yeah. Wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. I, <laughs> this, this is crazy. I wish you had your iPad right now because you would be looking at this comment, looking at it perplexed too. Cindy, the one who asked the question, yeah. she says, thank you, because someone said it's fine, and they could come over and and cook for them, and your wife can cook for them. Someone. <laughs> I think what she's saying is that my ex could come over to my house, and Carmen would cook a meal for both of us. That's 
wild. <laughs> that is wild. That is honestly one of the most out of pocket things I've ever heard in my whole life. Karma would probably like put rat poison. Nah, she food. wouldn't do that. She would just kick me out the house. That's for damn sure. That too. She 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 will she would rather lose me before she compromises herself or something Bruh. like that. Bro, what do you mean? What do you mean my wife can cook for my ex, bro? You see, these are the type of things that don't even need to be spoken about. They really these, don't. these are the type of things that you should like come on, man. <laughs> come on, son. <laughs> I honestly don't even wanna Come on, son. That's wild, bro. This is you see, these are the type of questions I'd be getting too. You're a grown man, bro. You're a grown man. Oh my god. I don't know who this is for. Like she says somebody, but Bro, something about me just wants to say this is a Caribbean man, bro. I don't know why. But something about Probably. It. It just this that's just what I, you know, I'm not I'm not even gonna go there. But with that being said, with that being said, I think this is a great segue to talk about the question of the day. Yeah, which I know nothing about. No. But I feel uh, like but we're, I, we're I, gonna have to do a part two to this episode because there's a lot to be so spoken of. You're gonna say something? No, I was just gonna say like I don't know the question. All right. This question kinda hurts my heart because I'm just gonna read it. Guys, why does my wife think she can talk to me however she wants to in private or in public? If I were to talk to her the way she addresses me, I'd be single by now. Please help because I don't know what to do anymore. Man. It's a, it's a sad day when your wife doesn't respect you. Because that to me, all that is, is disrespect. So, me. Go ahead. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, my answer is going to be in the form of a scenario that I'm putting myself in. Okay. So, this was me as a man, as of who I am today. And my wife was like this. I would sit her down ever so softly how I speak because I don't yell and I don't say anything. I'm like, listen, the way that you speak to me that I've noticed that you speak to me and those around me have told me that you speak to me is unacceptable. I deserve respect. I also demand respect because I respect you. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do that for me, I'm out. Literally. Very simple. All it takes is a conversation. There's no need to get aggressive. There's no need to get loud. There's no need to point fingers. There's no need to gaslight. There's no need to there's no need to make yourself the victim either. No. None of that. Because you are a human being and you deserve respect. I agree. I agree. There's a few things that jump out at me, you know. Most of the time. Whenever and I don't want to victim blame here, you know? I don't want to victim blame. Right victimized no victim blame like i don't want to blame the victim for what they're going through right him as in him. exactly first and foremost i feel for you because when a man is disrespected I, I, i'm gonna say this the a man feels the most loved when he's respected and a woman feels the most loved when she's protected when a man does not feel respected it disincentivizes him to protect and when a, a woman does not feel protected it incentivizes her not to respect mm. so it's a vicious cycle that can be fixed Let's write that down. But either or, okay? So I feel for you. You don't feel loved. However, one question that might lead to another. Number one, was she always like this? Did she respect you in the past? Did she actually look up to you and see you as a man? Did he say wife? Yeah. Okay. Was she always like this? Number two, if she was not always like this, 
Were there any conditions that you created that led her to feel as though she could talk to you in a certain way? We got to look inward. Yeah. So That's the first step. Self-examination. Did you do anything that could cause her not to respect you in the way that she did? Number one, did you become careless and neglectful in the home? Did you not step up financially when you needed to? Did she have to take any of your roles? Mm. Because, forgive the question, but why would a woman... I'm not, I'm not justifying her actions, by the way. Absolutely not. Never justifying her actions. But why would a woman treat you as a man when she is the man herself? There cannot be two men in this home. No, there can't be two alphas. They cannot. I'm sorry. Analyze the conditions that you may have created to foment to, to, to foster this type of disrespect in the home. In public and in private. Yeah, the most important question will always be the why. Exactly. Why is this happening? Because until you know that, mm-hmm. it's not reversible. Because then you gotta know because you gotta know how you're gonna come into it. Exactly. Because if it's something that maybe you did, then you gotta know that the conversation is a little bit different as to just her blatantly disrespecting you just because she, Precisely, she, precisely now. The best way for you to fi- for you to find that out, if you're having a hard time remembering yourself, ask your wife. Be like, "Hey, baby, listen. I have noticed that you have been very disrespectful with me, uh, in public or in private. And I want to know why is it that you're disrespectful towards me?" She's like, "What do you mean? Well, you talk to me crazy like this. You talk to me crazy in front of your family." From my family. That's another thing, not to cut you off, but not only just ask her, but ask those closest to you. Exactly. Because maybe they might have noticed a shift in your character, and you can ask them, it's like, hey, do you feel like I ever treated my wife such and such way, or do you feel like, you know, maybe I didn't speak to her? Like, it's good to get, because I, I forgot where in the Bible it says also that you never want to have, like a, like, a, like, a case, like, a, like a right. judge case without the... Without the jurors yeah. kind of thing, like, you know. Precisely. You want to have as many honest and trusted perspectives as possible. Exactly. But in this case, she is going to have to tell you what it is. Either she's going to say one or two things. Oh, I am sorry. I didn't realize that what I was doing was disrespectful. I will work on it and try not to repeat it again. Or... She's going to tell you all the nonsense and shenanigans that caused her to act that way. Exactly. In either scenario, she's still not justified. No. And you got to go into it as a man who, because many times as men, we go into arguments, not arguments, we go into discussions looking at our wives like the flowers that they so well are. Yeah. But at the same time, we give them leeway to be able to get away with certain things. Yeah. And you got to be prepared to go into it. Only willing to accept the honest truth. Exactly. Not just, oh, it's my wife, so it's okay, I forgive you. But no, you gotta you gotta put your foot down because at the end of the day, what she did is wrong no matter who did it. Precisely, comes from. precisely. Now, Manny says, yo, hon, I disagree. Plenty of women do, did not grow up with fathers and have no idea how to respect a man. This scenario is all too common amongst men who will rightfully treat their par- partners right, which that's the second part. Yeah. My, that's the second side of the coin. Yeah. If you're doing everything you can as a man, if you're being respectful to her, you're protecting her, you're treating her right, you're providing, and she's still disrespectful to you in public, she's probably cheating. Now, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me take it a step back. Let me take it a step back. I, I do believe that, though, but 
I think that's something that should have been known in the dating stage. Yeah, to be but l- let me take it a step back here, okay? I always believe, and here's my misogyny, my sexism coming through, I guess. Go ahead. I always believe that men set the tone for the home. If you're a man, if you're there, if you're doing what you got to do, you're going to set the tone. Mm-hmm. And a woman is going to be able to fall into her feminine energy, respect you, treat you how you want to be treated, because she feels the same way. Right? If you're doing everything you can, if you're picking up your side of things and you're actually treating her properly, and she's still disrespectful towards you, then there's a couple things here. Maybe, just like Manny said, maybe she didn't have a proper father figure to grow up around and seeing how a man should be treated by a woman. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe she resents her father and she's projecting that towards you. I've lived that personally. So... And, and I've had to tell my wife, yo, baby, listen, it's me. I'm not putting you through the things that maybe your father put you through. So maybe don't project. And many times she'd be like, you know what, baby, I'm sorry. I did act out of character. That was, that was not okay. And we move from that and we grow from that. But I feel like the baseline thing that has to happen is a conversation. You have to tell her, yo, you're out of pocket right now. You're disrespecting me. And women, I said this earlier, but for those of you joining us now, I'm going to repeat it right now. If you disrespect your man publicly or privately for that matter, you're simultaneously disrespecting yourself. What does that say about your judgment in men? What does that say about the men that you allow into your lives? People don't look at you any nicer or any better just because you're talking down, talking crazy. Oh, yeah, she's a bot. No, you are a brat. You are a woman who does not respect her husband. You are, and, and, and in my opinion, th- again, this is my opinion. I, I don't have anything to bait this, bait this off of. But if you are a woman that is talking badly and down to a man that will give his life for you, that does everything for you, that treats you properly... There are very few things that, are, that can convince me that you're not cheating on that man. You have lost respect for that man. What caused you to lose respect if it wasn't his fault? It was probably your own fault. Self-sabotaging. Exactly. A self-fulfilling prophecy. She's just trying to, she's just trying to find a way. If that's the case, if cheating is, is the case, then I believe that she's just trying to find a way to make him be the one to get fed up and leave. That way she doesn't have to do it and look like the bad guy. Right. But I also want to say something because... Like, I'm always very graceful about trauma and everything like that, but I think it gets to a certain point where we are too grown to allow the decisions of our parents to dictate who we are. Yeah. And I believe, yeah. I I will always say, you know, a part of my a part of the childhood that was driving the car was him also not getting attention from from the from my mom and yeah. you know, the household and all that. And it gets to a point where it's like we can't allow that in our thirties and forties to still be the reason as to why we act how we act. Exactly. Again, it's like we always say, we we either learn by imitation or by avoidance. Are we going to imitate what we saw or are we going to avoid it? Exactly. So, if you want your marriage to be a good marriage, listen, I'll ask the woman this. Do you want to say that you're married to the man? To man? No, he got me. He'll take care of me. That's my man. I could trust him. Exactly. Can you be like, no, that's my man. Can you, can you say that? If not, why not? Are you disrespecting him? Do you see him as less? Are you creating the 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 atmosphere for this disrespect to happen? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 
I have a hard time believing that people who disrespect their partners for no good reason aren't cheating or aren't being let's let's not even go to the full extent of being cheat of, of cheating, right? Mm-hmm. There's a strong chance that this woman, I'm, again, if this is a scenario, if if it's not his fault, there's a strong chance that she's entertaining the company of another man, entertaining the attention of another man. Does she work? Does she have those little friends at work that always gas her up? That always, you know, they're trying to get one thing and one thing only. But yeah. she sees it as attention. And then, well, you'll say, oh, well, my man never pays it, give me any attention. Sister, that man is working. You, you two are working completely different shifts. You work night shifts, you work day shifts. You barely have any time. And you chose that. So don't blame him for a scenario that both of you created. I think, ultimately, just answering my man's question here. Like I said, you, it's first try to figure out the why. Why is yeah. this? Why is the? Why is she being disrespectful? Why is she being how she is being? And number two, like I said, it's a matter of a conversation, and you gotta you gotta walk into it as the man that you want to see yourself. Exactly. The man, not the man that she portrays in her mind that you look like, but as the man that you want to be seen as. That's really good. That's really good. Because it's all about it's it's all about just seeing yourself. You can't go into it. Anybody who watches Rick and Morty, there's an episode where, where the parents go to therapy. And what they do is they attach something to your brain that basically creates an image of how you see your spouse. Yeah. So for the wife, she was very controlling in the household. So she saw her spouse as like this wimpy little worm. Yeah. That, was how, that was the character that came out of her mind. And then for her, became, came out this alien-looking dictatorship woman, which because he felt little. Yeah. You want to... So the way that they resolve this at the end of the day... They put it in his head, and he came. He manifested this big, strong guy. Yeah, that's who you want to walk into the conversation being as. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it that is such an important rule to live by. Walk in the light of who you want to be, not necessarily of who you are. I actually tell myself that a lot because I'm like, okay, I want to be the man that's respected. Mm-hmm. I've come to learn, not by personal experience because this isn't me, but come to learn that many men want to be respected, but they create the conditions for them to be feared instead of respected. Oh, you talk really loud. Mm. You disrespect her just because you you bring the money. Oh, bro, she doesn't respect you. She just doesn't want to deal with you. Mm -hmm. So that's why she just lets you get away with these things. And then... What I say, when I, when I think about the type of man I want to be, I want to be the man that my wife can count on, no matter what. That when I walk into those doors, she has a problem, I can find a solution for it immediately. Because I don't want my wife to be suffering. Mm-hmm. I want my wife to see me as a man that she can call at whatever time. I'll pick up the phone and I'll be there for her. And if not, I'll get back to her. I want th- I want to be the type of man that my wife can be like, nah, that's my husband. That's what every man wants. Exactly. To be seen in that light. You, your best bet is to look inward and start in that way. Your best bet is to is to try to put yourself in the energy that your wife needs you to be because you really want her to be in her feminine energy, right? You require that from her. Why can't she not require the same from you? I'm telling you, there's there's a the only reason I feel I think this way, bro, and correct me if I'm wrong, is because 
there's a certain type of man that no woman will disrespect. No, I agree. It's not even the physique, right? No, no. It's, it's their character. How you carry yourself. In Spanish, I like the way it, el porte de esa mm -hmm. persona. How they carry themselves. Are you mature? Can you be in a situation where you are expected to get heated, but you stay cool? That's a man's man. Like an icicle, bro. We even see it sometimes. Like Sometimes I'll see a guy, I'm like, that's a man's man right there. Yeah, you know what? Shout out to my, my wife's brother-in-law, Eric. In fact, Eric, Omar, Robert, whatever. They're all like this. They will be, they will handle any stressful situation as calm as you can. Like, oh, okay, I guess I'm taking my business elsewhere type of thing. Oh, fine, but just so you know, this is not flying. Like, they will tell you to your face, this is not going to happen. And you will be like, oh, but they're so calm about it. Yeah, because the authority that they exude is an authority that cannot be challenged, mm -hmm. even if they're as calm as can be. That's the type of man that will never be disrespected by a woman. And just going to put this in the little jab. If you are still disrespected by a woman, even though you are a good man, in, in, in today's term, we call that, what, an alpha? I don't like that terminology, but whatever. We have to ask you why you chose to get with this woman in the first place. I'm pretty sure the red flags were always there. I'm positive that she didn't start calling you out of your name after you got married. Yeah. But, like Jomi just commented, heavy on that character part. Jomi's this man's wife, by the way. Harry and the character part. Would you like to expand upon that? We got time. We got time. We got time. Let's give her a few more minutes. On the character part? Yeah. Let's let's ask you. Let, let's open this to a discussion for the, you know, what can a guy do to work on his character? Because I feel like that's a big part. What can he do to work on his character? Yeah. Let's say, let, let's envision the type of man we want to be, right? Let's say that we want to be uh, a cold calculating, in touch with his emotions, but at the same time, not emotional. Uh doesn't let his anger get the best of him, is able to have conversations, emotionally intelligent, mature type of man. Let's say that you're not that man right now. Let's say that you were not that man. What would you start doing right now to work on that? Getting on my knees and praying to God. Can you repeat that for the camera, please? <laughs> look, at, look at the camera when you say that. Getting on my knees and praying to God. Now, that's me. And I did a lot of, do, a lot of that during my rock bottom years. During my, my my rock bottom months that yeah. I, that I went through, I'm gonna be honest. 2023 was a rough month, a rough year, but it it took like we always say it took intentionality. Like I started just I started just I put aside the video games. I put aside the the nonsense. Oh, oh what, what you you put aside what? I put aside the video the games. Video games? You mean that that video games can be a hindrance for men? They really can. Oh, especially like I like I was. Oh, and it it, it really dives deep because. You know, I put like I started off putting like being aware that I, that porn is the first thing I had to go. Yeah, I put aside the pornography, which was hard to do. I put aside the video games because it's a domino effect. Once yeah. you start with one thing, I put it gives leeway for everything else. Yeah, I put aside just media time. Like instead of going on YouTube and looking up like just unnecessary things that just were dumb. Like I was started to look up things like preachings or podcasts. I started reading. I started investing in self help books. I started seeing other other good role models. Right. You know, around me and in the media. I cleaned up my Instagram like I said it once. Like it was no longer just women and just 
all this negativity. Like yeah. I started to delete all that and I started to follow more positive things, you know. Yeah, you started hanging out with me a little bit more. <clears throat> yeah, I started hanging out with you a little bit more. And I start I and I started to I started to pick up newer hobbies that that allowed me to just find new endeavors. Like So in in in, in shorter words, you intentionally created a shift in your atmosphere. A hundred percent. I had to. So you would say that what you feed yourself makes you who you are. Yes, sir. So what you did was you had a change in diet. Yes, sir. You stopped feeding yourself this nonsense that made you be this emotionally unintelligent, unavailable, mm-hmm. uh, unable to talk to, maybe quick to say things that shouldn't say, mm-hmm. or you removed those barriers and you started to feed yourself with things that would create the positive the positive of course and and for myself for myself because yeah it wasn't even like just for the other person it yeah, was for you it was literally for myself and I, and I remember I was texting your wife one day and she told me this she, she's like I always believed you were this person yeah it just took time to get it out and that 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 made me think like I was this person it's just Sometimes your vision gets blurry, and sometimes you allow you allow your flesh and you allow the selfishness and allow all the negativity to be what takes control of you. Exactly. It's kind of like when Spider Man gets the black suit. Yeah, the symbiote suit. That's, yeah, that's a great analogy for those of you who like comic books. It's, it, it's like ex- external influence creating an internal issue. Exactly. Like you, like you know who you are. You know you are the 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 blue and red Spider Man, your friendly neighborhood. Yeah. But just everything around you has created this version of you that you don't even really like, but you feel like you have to be. Exactly. And I feel like that's that's really good. I like the way that you really started it out though. If you which is interesting because the whole man eating bear loose in America thing <laughs> followed to that, Paul Washer says, we do not need a man who is self sufficient in his own way. We need men who are submitted to Jesus. Men who are submitted to the will of God, who are willing to work in, the, in what God wants them to do. And I feel like if we give God our all, we say, God, I can't do this anymore. I have messed it up every single time that I've tried. Mm-hmm. And I need you to help me become the man who you have designed me to be. Which, by the way, is the best version that you will ever have of yourself. The version that God designed you to be. Not who you say you are. He's closing the books. He's going mm. off the dome. No, no. It's, it's, was... it's not who you say you are. It's who God says you are. When you reach that point, you put yourself in a pivotal position that's going to just rocket, just skyrocket your improvement as a man. By the way, you know, you can't see the comments. Yomi said, proud of you, baby. Thanks. That's, that's his wife saying that. And then Claudia says, I'm very proud of you. You're doing the best you can, and it's starting to show best of luck to you. And I can say that it's not just starting to show. I've been seeing this change in you for a while. So for those of for those of you men out there who want to be this person, because a lot of us we just be like, damn, I want to be him. I want to be that guy. Timothy James. I want to be that guy that nobody can question my character. I want to be a guy of of integrity. Mm-hmm. Of I want to be a resourceful man. You must take a step back. Understand that you've been messing it up this entire time. Mm-hmm. If you're a believer, you're already, in my opinion, a step ahead because you already know where to go. Give it all to God and start to adopt the the, the ways that God has literally that's, set out for you. That literally that that's what it was. And like, I, I just 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 to finish my my point, it like although I had you, 
like you and Carmen as friends during during my, my time. And you know what? For context, my marriage in 2023 was a mess. Yeah. I'm going to say, like, it was a mess. During the times that I was, I was in anxiety, overthinking, glimpses of depression, mm-hmm. I had nowhere to go but on my knees. It's the best place to go, bro. No, even though I, even if I didn't want to. Like you had to. I had to. You had to. And now here's a result of that. You could have you could have gone done one of two things. You oh, could yeah. you could have either gone to God or just run I could have wild out. Exactly. You could have. But you chose to fight for your marriage. Chose to fight for your wife, fight for your relationship with God. And what what I'm seeing is that within the next coming years, I'm not prophesying or nothing, all right? But maybe. <laughs> well, hopefully, but within the next coming years, you and your wife are going to see the benefits of what it looks like when a man gives his, his all to God. You, your wife, any coming kids, and and even people that surround you are going to see the example of what a man surrendered to God looks like within the context of a family. Because I know men like that. I know men that do not play around mm-hmm. with the relationship with God. And those are the most docile, but at the same time, the most authoritative men I've seen in my life. And that's the type of man that I aspire to be. I want to be a man that my wife can be like, yo, he got it. That's him. I know that this house is going forward because God is here. And God is in this house because that man made sure of that. That is what I aspire. Am I there right now? No. To my own embarrassment. Right. I should have been there. Yeah. In fact, there was a point where I was there. And then I fell off the reins. But this is you guys are seeing those on the live and listening to the podcast. You're listening to works in progress. Literally. That you're going to be able to track back in time and be like, damn, they've come a long way. Because mm-hmm. I know, this is just me speaking it into faith, I'm not going to be talking how I wish I was a year from now. I'm going to be talking about how I'm glad that I am. My wife is going to be like, yo, he put in the work. And because of him, we both put in the work. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Now this house is as peaceful as peaceful can be. Right now we're pretty peaceful, but it could be better. Of course. Right now, we're still in the in the phase of what are we going to do type of thing. Instead of, God got this. Mm-hmm. That's the type of... I want to be a faith-filled man that will never, ever doubt the grace of his creator. And bro, that's the type of man that we're created to be in the first place. Of course. And we were talking about this personally the other day. Whatever it is that we're doing with this show, if it's not God-centered, we're not doing it. Yeah. And I and I'm I'm very I'm very keen on the fact that I would rather fail than be successful in a place that God does not want me to be successful. Because that's the worst type of failure there is. Mm-hmm. If you if you're successful without God, that's not success. That's an idol. Mm. So, with that being said. To all the men listening to us, we've really been preaching to y'all this whole time. Get right with God. If you want any issue in your marriage to be fixed, get right with God. Or you don't like the way your wife sees you, that's because she doesn't see Jesus in you. Mm. 
If she were to see Jesus in you, she wouldn't talk to you like that. Yeah. Get right with God. Snapple facts. Oh, your husband isn't where he... When's the last time you prayed for that man? Do you pray at all? And if, if you do, when's the last time you said, you know what? I'm going to pray for my husband. Pray for your husband even when you want to kill him. Yeah. Pray for that man. That's what it's about. Every issue in the marriage, I'm talking specifically to those who believe, and even if you don't believe, get to believing. What are you doing? You have a calling in you. And if you're just stuck and you're just like, I don't even know where to begin in this journey of being better, just start with something, something simple. I, w- I didn't even like reading, bro. I hated reading back then. I'm still there. Every it- single book you see here, there was a time in my life where there would be not a single unread book here. Those aren't chores, though. No. No, but you see that book right there, Atomic Habits? Oh, yeah. That's I'm taking that book with me in the truck today. That's a, that, that's all it takes. Like, you, you're not a reader? Okay, fine. Audiobooks. Audiobooks aren't... Something. Something. Baby steps. Something. Clean clean your Instagram, bro. Bro, clean your music. Clean your music. Clean your language. Clean your friends. Clean who you talk to. Who, who, who do you consider friends? You're very naive to think that your friends who disrespect their wives, who, who treat their marriage like a game, are not going to have a negative influence on you. And it's not about the room being empty. It's just about replacing what's in the room. Exactly. Ooh, it's not about the room being empty. It's about replacing what's in the room. Because an empty room is just as useful, useless as a poorly filled one. Yes, sir. Feed yourself something good, for God's sakes. Subscribe to this podcast. Listen to what we're saying. Like, the, the original question was, what qualifies us to talk about this in the first place? We are men who have been through it. We're men who have been through the good, the bad, and the ugly in marriage. Mm-hmm. We're men who have seen even worse and are not willing to go that far in marriage. And we just want to shine a light towards you. Just be like, hey, listen, you're going the wrong way. You might want to turn around. Yeah. You might want to listen to us about this because we're not going to tell you, like, Andrew Tate and, and, and the, the... And all those guys. The, the, no, nah, I want to say their names. The fresh and fit people be saying, oh, oh, well, there's a problem with men, with women. Dating is the worst. If you want to fight this, you have need to have sex with as many women as possible. They're, those are idiots. They're going to drive you down the wrong path. And then, you, then, then the women are listening to Shara, the sprinkle, sprinkle lady, saying a man is only good for what's in his pockets. They're going to drive you down the wrong way. You're going to fail. And then you're going to have your only, only yourself to blame. Because those methods, both for men and women, only lead to one, to one thing, destruction and loneliness. Yes, sir. If you only see a woman for what's between her legs, you're going to be lonely in the future. Because guess what? You're getting old. You're not going to be able to attract every other woman that you want. That's inevitable. Ladies, if you only see a man for what's in his pockets, you're going to end up lonely. Because if a man only gives you money, he only sees you for your body, you're recyclable. He'll, he'll switch you up as soon as a, a, a younger one comes along. Yes, sir. So what makes you think that this is a lasting thing? This is a game that nobody wins. The only people who win are the ones who go into it for lasting. Marriages. The only ones who actually submit themselves to God and give God the last and final say. And what goes? Oh, we don't agree. What does God have to say about this? Because we're not seeing idea on those, Okay. This is what God says. That's what we're doing. You will win 100% of the time. Yep. If you're willing to do that, it's only it's it's only up from here. I feel like there's a lot going on in the chat, and I'm mad I can't see it. There is. There's a, there's a couple things. Uh, TT says, 
Praying is a strong tool. Use the word while talking to God. Absolutely. Um, let me see. Claudia Tati said, Dios siempre nos enseña el camino. And for those of you who don't understand Spanish, I said, God always shows us the way. Always rely on what he's showing you and his purpose. I like that. Always rely on, on what God is showing you. When God told Abraham to, to leave everything and to go over to, to the promised land, well, not the promised land, to the land that, he, you know, that God had told him to go to, mm -hmm. Abraham didn't have anything to guide himself off of other than what God had shown him. When, when God told, uh, there's so many people, when God told Noah to start building the ark, this man, I don't know if any of you knew this, but those men in those days had never seen rain. Rain was not a thing. Yeah, they were like on a spell for like years. No, no, no. Rain didn't exist. It was not a thing. Oh, no, it rained for like X amount of years. Never mind. Exactly. Like before that, mm -hmm. the way that fruit and crops would get watered was mist that came out from underneath the earth. Rain did not exist back then. And then this man is coming around saying, hey, listen, there's going to be water falling out the sky. We're going to build this boat. We're going to get two of every animal on there. Which, by the way, why did you put roaches on there, bro? <laughs> anyway, he didn't know what this is. All he saw was something that God told him. He followed it. And then he was successful. He was the only one who survived. And just like and just like on this journey of finding your your partner, when you decide to do the right thing, the same way people looked at Noah and and, and they was like, "You wild, you crazy, that ain't gonna work, you lying, you capping." Yeah. A lot of people gonna look at you and be like, "You a simp, you this, you exactly, you, you all gonna look at you like you got three heads." And then, look what happened: drowned. Precisely. Those are the people that are gonna end up with two, three failed marriages, seven baby mamas. And no money because all their income goes in child support. But you, on the other hand, you decided to stick it out in the good, the bad, the tough, the ugly. You decided to, to be the man that your wife needed you, even when you felt that she didn't deserve it. Mm. Mm. Even when you felt that she didn't deserve it. She was a woman for you even when she felt you didn't deserve it. And now look at you. Living in the fruits of a great marriage. Now you're the example to follow. Oh, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. You were you were the the three headed uh, simp that nobody wanted to to even talk to. You lost friends because of this. Mm -hmm. Now you're the example to follow. Now the friends that you lost are coming to you because they want to save their marriages. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. This has been the Stand Comfortable Podcast. We love y'all. Hold on, because we gotta like. Nah, nah, nah. We gotta we gotta give them something some late and some good, bro, for next week. Yeah, but we gotta let them know that they can follow us at. You know, underscore stay uncomfortable pod on Instagram. And yeah, subscribe, share, and like. And we love you guys. We love you so much. And uh, remember, stay uncomfortable. Stay uncomfortable.